welcome back to the Programmatic Digest podcast, a discussion on top programmatic and digital news with other digital ninjas. I'm your host, Ellen Parker, your very own programmatic sensei. You can now sign up on our website to receive a weekly alert every time a new episode drops. Sign up to a monthly or head over to programmaticdigest.com for more information. As we continue to brace during these trying times of the coronavirus outbreak, I want to send you all, you and your family, some love and encouragement and hope that you're healthy, safe, and at home. With that said, in the Sunset's Corner this week, we welcome Stephanie Smith, Chief Insomniac of Digital Insomnia. Welcome to the Census Corner, Stephanie. Thank you. We're pretty excited to have you here. How are things have, uh, before we get into uh, today's episode, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I have been in the digital advertising space for 10 years at this point. I started with the startup that was one of Facebook's first partners back in 2010 and just have grown from there. I focus primarily on paid social but I have um, about three or so years of programmatic experience as well and a little bit of search. Started my company in 2016, I believe. And um, at first it was just a side thing that I was doing some work for, um, for clients that people would ask me to kind of help on, jump on. And eventually, you know, I had the opportunity to focus on my business 100%. And, you know, what I primarily do is I take all of this large brand experience that I've had over the years, such as like mm-hmm. Cola and Capital One. And I break that down and bring it to the budget of really small and medium sized businesses that may have budget for advertising dollars or have budget for um, campaigns, ad campaigns, but maybe can't afford to go to an agency that I would typically work for, or they don't want that agency partnership. So I'm able to, you know, give them that same experience without them needing to have a million dollar budget or something like that. So that's what I've really been doing with my company, um, Digital Insomnia, is helping those small and medium sized businesses get the best practices and the expertise that they might otherwise miss. Um, and then more recently, I've been in teaching more. So I run into a lot of entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I run into a lot of entrepreneurs that maybe can't afford my services, but um, maybe want to just learn for themselves or they want to bring it in-house. And so I've been hosting a lot of workshops. Um, I've spoken at a couple conferences. I, the Altitude Summit out in Palm Springs, I've spoken there twice. And I have one lined up in Savannah the, later this year that hopefully won't get canceled. Um, <laughs> and yeah. most recently, I have launched my online course. So that I'm calling Social by Steph. It's a tool that teaches you from how to strategize, how to plan everything from point A to point B, or really Z, to, you know, mm-hmm. confident that you can do your own ad campaigns at home as opposed to wasting your dollars. That is so cool. And we'll make sure to add all of uh, what Stephanie just mentioned in our show notes. If you're interested, I strongly recommend. I've heard nothing but great things. And yeah, we're really excited to have you. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to chat with you today, because things things are not looking really great out there, but we must remain optimistic as human beings. In the digital world, we are seeing a lot of very steep ups and downs in terms of like that media curve, that media span in the curve. And um, I think... People like you, people like myself are very much essential during these times because agency and clients and brands still need 
a level of services that because of what's happening, they might not be able to afford and not so much afford, but may not be able to spend enough time investing in when it's really important to. So usually we resume and and recap a couple articles, but again, because of the corner the coronavirus outbreak, I really wanted to pick your brain on bigger, on more general topic versus just focusing on a couple articles. You mentioned at the beginning, before we started recording, actually, I asked you how things were and you said that your change has not slowed down, but a different level. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us in terms of of business or how digital insomnia has been affected with COVID-19? Mostly, give us your expertise, advice for other similar type of um, agency or similar type of individual going through this this unfortunate lower curve. Yeah. You're part of the curve. Yeah, definitely. Um, excited to kind of talk about this topic because it's, it's definitely been a, a discussion yeah. over and over again with clients, with friends, with, you know, other people in the industry. And so specifically for me with digital insomnia, I haven't been affected negatively, I would say. If anything, I've actually signed a couple new clients And I'm really busy right now. And so I feel very blessed to even be able to say that. You know, overall, I think that just speaks to people wanting to take advantage of this opportunity um, that may or may not come again in our lifetimes. Well, people are at at home just kind of not necessarily doing nothing, but spending more time on the screen that they would typically. So, you know, it is an opportunity for a lot of brands to take advantage of that and, you know, get people while they're pretty much, you know, on their phones and on the computers a lot of the day. So yeah, that's what I've been educating my clients on. Now I had one client that, you know, got really scared. And there was a couple of reasons why they were scared is one, the, the base of their business is out of Europe. And so mm. it was getting hit hard and they sourced their leather out of like Spain and Italy, I think. So, you know, they were trying to prepare for what they assumed was going to be a huge hit to their business. So they pulled back on their advertising kind of really quickly. Um, and But recently, and this was just in the past week, they decided to um, kind of put out a messaging, because they're a small business, about you know how people supporting their business right now is not just you know, buying shoes, it's really, yeah. it's keeping people employed. It's, you know, keeping a small business afloat in a very trying time. And with that messaging, along with some other incentives that they um, offered, they were seeing 20, 2,600% return on their ad spend right now, which is the highest that it's been even during holiday season. So wow. I think, you know, it, it's something to definitely speak on is if you are a small business, you know, is it the time to turn off your advertising or, you know, what is that? Well, how do you answer that question for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, And it's, you know, and it's scary and I can understand kind of like when you have your, you know, you're proud of being an entrepreneur, proud of having a business, but then something like this and it's just like, uh, is my business going to go under forever? Um, And I think that, you know, the conversation that I had with my clients and really, um, you know, with several of my clients is just you have to really take the the first step to really think is what kind of business are you? Are you a luxury brand where people can go without you and they just kind of purchase you or use you because they have the extra funds to do so? 
or you mm-hmm. feel a necessity that people need. So now I have a hair care client as well, and she hasn't felt any um, any of this at all. Her numbers have been great and consistent the entire time. And I think it's just something to speak to people or are still needing their hair care products. And if they can order it at online and have it delivered directly to their door, it doesn't affect their kind of day-to-day movement. Um, And so that makes a lot of, uh, that makes a lot of sense because I was just listening to e-marketer podcast the other day and Andrew Lipson, actually one of the e-marketer analysts, he said that when resources are tight, necessity is the mother of invention. And so most of our brands have been, uh, shifting and adapting to, like you just mentioned, for your hair client, you can't go get your hair done anymore. Unfortunately, for some of us, it's okay. We're just we can we can get through this. Right, um, but on the other hand, you can still purchase the product <laughs> um, because it's it's, uh, it's delivered online or it's delivered directly to your door. And some of those brands have shifted shipping uh, requirements. They've they've um, partners with they've partnered with. FedEx and UPS for faster shipping or have literally said thank you for your support mm-hmm. on with this purchase you can have 10% on your next booking like um, hair appointment booking whenever we're, we're good to go back in stores of course so I've seen a lot of those very very cool ways for some of the brands to say you know to stay connected to their consumers and I think that's that's great that's optimistic and that's what we need Exactly. And I mean, and it's smart. So like, you know, back to my first client and the incentive that they offered were it's kind of mm-hmm. like a tiered system that depending on how much money you spend with them for the next, I think, month or so, you can earn um, lifetime percentages off. So it's almost like this um, membership situation. So if you buy a pair of shoes, um, you know, and I guess however much money that you get to spending with them, you can earn up to 25% off for life. And so it does several things. It keeps them afloat right now, but then it also earns them lifetime customers. So they don't lose that situation. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. their margins Mm -hmm. on their shoes are probably good enough anyway, that if they take a 25%, you know, cut on some of them, they're still fine. So it's very smart for like e-commerce brands to come up with creative ways to keep their customers around now and then also in the future. Yeah. And um, that's a really interesting point, because, again, I'm trying to stay as educated as possible for for many reasons, of course. But I also heard on the Publishers Lab uh, podcast, you can tell I'm a podcast fan, (laughs) Um, the Publisher lab podcast they were just mentioning i can't remember uh, i think it was in the last week how some of the publishers like the big publishers like the washington post or here locally to rally we have the news news observer i know they've all some of those big publishing companies have re- removed their paywall is uh during the coronavirus outbreak um time just to make sure that the, to, in an attempt to build some type of, uh, you know, brand following from their consumers. And that will essentially, eventually, I think, turn into subscribers later on the road. Um, Tyler Bishop had a different opinion in terms of like, I don't think those those people are going to turn into subscribers, but it's definitely a great way for those publishers to build that their brand followers and those ambassadors because um, they remove the paywall. You know, there's... Um, I think I think I still think that most people turn to the open web 
to to find information and resources and that some of those publishing companies paywall were <laughs> that's a different opinion that I have but um, the fact that they removed it shows that okay we are trying to do the right thing here and ultimately we're trying to put the consumer first and uh, misinformation is so oh my gosh it's everywhere in now mm-hmm. especially on some social media so if we shift a little bit the conversation here about those different channels so we're seeing some brand adapting to their consumer needs. We're seeing some um, some publishers, some uh, advertisers do the same thing. But despite all, we are still like Facebook um, usage has increased, but their advertising, um, what do they call it nowadays? Their advertising dollar or their advertising inventory have not increased at the same time. So even though people are using Facebook or so- social media more now that they're home and mobile, in- and mobile usage have increased, the ad dollar has not increased for Facebook. So is there, what do you think of that? And that's like something I just read on eMarketer too, and I can inc- um, include that article in my show notes later but do you to me it doesn't make sense right like mobile usage increased then more marketers should indeed be where the consumer eyeballs is but it's that's not what the numbers are showing what do you think that is so you when you mean when you say the numbers or the the dollar you mean people aren't spending more or it's not or is it not costing more for people to spend what do you mean so even though mobile like mobile advertising per se is declining even though um, the inc- the time spent on mobile have increased. I think that I mean I think that speaks to a couple different things. I think that you know similar to the way my client and my first client initially just jumped to turning off their ads. I think a lot of brands have used that approach um, before really letting it simmer and seeing how the market has moved. So if we're talking about people are spending more time on mobile, but you know, people aren't, or brands aren't spending more um, advertising dollars, it's probably because they took the approach to pull back um, instead of taking advantage. So, which leaves a lot of opportunity for, um, you know, a lot of brands to kind of take advantage of that as well. So I think that, you know, it's just about um, educating yourself on the times and realizing that, uh, you know, it's, it's not insensitive to continue to advertise. And I know that that is a a topic as well, is that, you know, am I being insensitive if I'm advertising my brand and still expecting people to buy um, at at this particular time? And I think it's yes and no, it just depends on how you approach it, right? Like if if you're advertising for people to go into the store, then yeah, that's probably the wrong message. But (laughs) if you're a brand that can be supported via some type of online effort, then you can continue to, you know, um, business as usual with your advertising and maybe just tailor some of your messaging to, um, you know, the time that we're living through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And uh, before we move on to the next segment, do you have maybe your top three or your top four things you want to share to brands or other agencies in terms of like, yes, this is a good time for you to to continue your your um your social media effort or your paid media effort, I should say, and no or so forth. Do you have any anything to share with them? Um, I think it's just, you know, 
identifying where you are in the space because um, instead of just assuming that, you know, your sales will decline or assuming that, you know, you shouldn't advertise, I think you should allow the data to, to let you know what your next step should be. Um, and then again, you know, I kind of have listed out these three things to really consider about your business is one, are, do you have a luxury product, product or service? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said earlier, can people live without you? So, it, and if that's the case, then your message, not that you shouldn't continue to advertise, but your messaging should just speak to why people should continue to support your business. Got it. Um, and then two is your product or service at a premium price compared to your competitors. And so, um, you know, if you tend to be a little bit more expensive than your competitors, because maybe you offer a more premium service or whatever your reasoning is, that's fine, but you probably should consider providing some type of incentive for people to continue to, um, you know, use you or, or buy into you as opposed to now their competitors that may be a little bit um, more cost efficient. So I think it's a, a lot of this is just tailoring around the messaging and why during this time that, you know, money might be a little bit tighter, should people continue to support? Um, and that is just, that really revolves around being authentic. So don't make up a story, <laughs> but yeah. explain what please. you're going through, right? Please don't, please don't lie. <laughs> Explain what you're going through, though. And that's what my client did. It was, you know, they want to make sure that they're a small business and they want, want to make sure that they're able to continue to employ their people. And they don't want to have to lay anybody off um, through just because they are a luxury item. And then the last thing that I would say to kind of look out for is, are you actually seeing a decline in your sales? Because if you, like I said, my hair care client, I don't think that she's really taking a hit at all through all of this. Um, so there's no reason for her to start worrying and start to cut things and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and take, you know, really interrupt her flow, um, if she doesn't need to. So again, let the numbers, let the data tell you what's going on in your business. If you are maintaining sales, um, then, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it and allow it to continue and be happy that you're, you're in a good spot until you start to see a hard decline. And then that's when you should start to kind of like, tailor some of that messaging or come up with some contingency plans, um, for, you know, your business. That's a great, that's great feedback. Thank you for sharing with us. And, um, let's move on to the next segments where we usually discuss this diversity and inclusion in our industry. But this time I think we can, we should shift it a little bit because there's so much not so great optimistic news on, online right now and I'm not only speaking in terms of being a marketer but also being like a human being like I like to say give us like your your favorite or the latest thing you've heard that was pretty optimistic and like a happy moment uh, from this whole outbreak I like the way a lot of these businesses are stepping up and trying to help out in their own ways even if they're not like in a huge financial situation to be able to do it so we expect the huge brands like the, you know, Amazons of the world to donate millions of dollars to these efforts. But I think it's really cool that I've seen some of the smaller businesses step up and do their part too. Like a friend of mine has a company um, called Bombshell and she, her company is actually based out of Liberia where she um, has a clothing line basically, but she mm-hmm. employs a lot of the local women 
who, um, you know, may have lost their husbands to Ebola or whatever, but they're the breadwinners of their family. So it's giving them an opportunity to provide their families, um, you know, with financial support so that they won't, you know, live in poverty. And so recently I saw that she is doing an initiative where um, if you buy, they're, they're now making masks out of their material that they have. So this beautiful African print and they're making masks for um, people in the area. And then she's also selling them here. And so now if you buy a mask, you also are donating one to some of the local people in Liberia. So it's oh, just nice. a way to, yeah, it's a way to kind of, it's a way for her to give back um, and then help people in the same way, you know? So I thought that was a really good idea of her. It was creative, but then also, you know, helping out underrepresented areas. That is great. That's a great example. Thanks for sharing. Um, okay, so now let's in let's um, move to our closing segment. Tell us maybe two fun things about yourself. Oh goodness, two fun things. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh goodness, I didn't prepare for this. The <laughs> um. I think I can help you. Okay. Um, you just mentioned at the beginning of the call that you're a bomb, bomb-ass speaker, keynote speaker, and you just did the Altitude Summit. Yes, that's um, that's definitely, yeah, I'm getting into speaking mm-hmm. before, and I actually really like it. I enjoy it. Um, so that's so great. Um, yeah, at Alt, at Alt Summit, it was, um, I think I had like maybe 200, 300 people sign up for the course or for wow. the workshop. And, um, and yeah, my room was packed. And so they were super engaging. They, I'm still getting emails and messages on, um, Instagram about how much they enjoyed my session. So that's definitely getting into more and that I enjoy. So, yeah, do share the, the video if it's allowed, because I know some summits uh, or conferences only share highlights. So share whatever um, we can send the listeners to um, yeah. for, for that, because I, I was following on Instagram and I thought it was really cool, too. Yeah, thank you. I definitely will. I'll give you some information. All right. So the last thing we want to cover is that do you have I know you shared a lot of advice um, through throughout the episode regarding how to really handle the coronavirus outbreak and the economical um, effect of this outbreak on your business or as a brand or as a client. But give us advice for any new, uh, I like to call it a freshman programmatic ninja out there, a freshman social media out there that's just starting, trying to figure out what to do. (laughs) Nobody might be hiring right now. Give them an advice in terms of like what, almost like what would you tell yourself when you first started in the industry? Yeah, I mean, I feel like take this time to invest in yourself. Everybody is at home. So it's not like you're in the the office. So I think a lot of people are offering, whether it's um, um, different online sources for learning, you know? So I would take advantage of that. I would probably be, if I'm like job hunting and I'm hopefully trying to, you know, get a job here pretty soon because I'm fresh in my career, I think that I would be sending hella messages on LinkedIn um, because that's what people are doing right now. They're on their computers just casually more than ever. Um, but then, yeah, like 
you know, there are so many resources, like even, you know, this is a shameless plug, but my course that teaches you how to do media buying on paid social, there's a lot of online course um, opportunities so that you can walk out with a skill. And I know I'm seeing a lot of conflicting messages like invest in yourself, learn a new skill, start a new business, blah, blah, blah. But then there are other people like, no, if you just want to lay around, you can lay around. It's completely up to you, but I'm not like a lay around type of person. If I have extra time, I typically would like to be productive in some way. So I would be that person that would be, you know, Googling, what can I learn? What can I do? What's out there for me to kind of like take myself and my skills to the next level so that when this is all said and done, I'm bigger, better, stronger, smarter, faster, whatever that is that I was before <laughs> I to the house. So um, I think that's just one thing that I would tell somebody to do. That is such a great advice. Thank you so much because I have been um, coming across a lot of those posts, but at the same time, there's nothing wrong. Like it's, Whatever you're doing in your life right now, as long as you're healthy and you're at home, if you do have a little bit more time, it's really up to you. It is kind of a, a convenient time to focus on on yourself and investing on yourself, like you said. And I don't think that was a shameless plug because I'm going to go go check it out. OK, I've been working in the industry for eight years, but I refuse to think that I know everything even if I've put some time, <laughs> yeah, I sound like I sound terrible. Like I put some time into this. <laughs> but you know, but that's true. You ha- I'm still learning. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You have to keep educating yourself. So I'll I'll check your courses. Okay. I know the Trade Desk just opened uh, one of their courses. Usually, you have to pay for it to to be able to have access to that. I know that some. Some uh, like one of my friends, Shiv uh, Gupta, he has he is the founder of U of Digital. He just opened a couple courses or he will have like a top five courses that are the most popular in his um, curriculum mm. for free offered. I'm, I'm pretty sure he talked about that. There's other like universities that are offering like those free um, college credit classes. Mm. Um, that are transferable so there's definitely options out there and i'll include some of the ones you we just mentioned including yours in our show notes but yeah do your thing you know this is a time to to do self-care to practice mental health to practice physical health to practice family whatever you believe in your face to just try to do that because you're home more hopefully you know being productive doesn't mean that you have to be starting a business yeah exactly it could literally mean you meditating you know what i mean like exactly it's just so many being productive is just or the word productive in my opinion is just very subjective so do what for real for sure you and um and yeah and that's really it yeah totally agree with you well thank you so much for joining us today we had a lot of fun as always Yes, we appreciate you. Again, you'll find everything we've discussed today in our show notes, including Stephanie's information and courses, all referred articles or any resource mentioned today on our website, programmaticdigest.com. You can also sign up to receive our newsletter weekly when a new episode drops or monthly if you like to binge like I do. In conclusion, fam, our mission on this podcast is to share knowledge, highlight diversity and inclusion in our industry, and educate ourselves as we continue to build this community of curious and confident programmatic ninjas. And if you're listening to this and you made it this far, please stay safe and stay at home. Thank you.